this song's almost as old as I am. <laughs> um, the copyright on the song was 1953, uh, uh, but I remember hearing this sung when I was growing up, and someone had re uh, requested it on the uh, survey that Charlene sent out, so I hope the words will mean a lot to all of us. I think they will.
Thank you, that is beautiful. Thank you. This morning, if you want to follow along or read along with me, I'll be in 1 Corinthians. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verses 13 through 14. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. He writes, Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we love you this morning. Lord, we just ask that you pour out your spirit upon this service, that our ears, our hearts, our minds are open to what you have to say this morning. And all these things we ask in your name. Amen. I don't know if I mentioned this or not, but I, I coach at the high school. And in the sport of volleyball, we play to 25. Play to 25. First team to 25 wins the set. And see, when you're playing a game to 25, you can make a huge mistake. And I've had some players make some big ones, and you can still win. I mean, I had a player looking at her parents one time when the other team was serving, and she looked back just in time to catch the ball. She caught it. That was the same game I actually passed out on, and they called the ambulance. But uh, <laughs> it wasn't because of that, but I, I'm sure that had something to do with it. But we still won. I've had players hit the ball backwards, sideways, into their mom's lap. Uh, I've had them swing and miss. But in volleyball, it's one point out of 25. It's just one out of 25. You, we can make a huge mistake and still win. Other sports are like this, too. I mean, a pitcher can hang a curveball, and a batter can hit it 450 feet, but that team can still win. That's just one mistake. I know that for a fact because we were playing at Finch Field in a 30-and-over game, and I hung a curveball. And that ball would still be orbiting the planet had it not hit the foul pole in left center. I mean, it made a noise. I didn't even look back. I just knew it was gone. But there is a sport, though, where if you make a big mistake, you lose. Our wrestling team at Trinity's had an incredible year. They went 34-0. They won the state duels. We had an individual win the state, state individual championship yesterday as well. But as good as the team is, some of the best wrestlers on this team have lost individual matches. If you've ever been to a wrestling match, you know it doesn't matter how good you are. If you make one mistake, you can lose. I mean, we've got wrestlers, some of the best wrestlers in their weight class who've lost matches that we just assumed they would win because they made a mistake. They turned the wrong direction. They reached back. They let their guard down for one split second. And the next second, their back, their back was on the mat. It was just one mistake. Now, this isn't pro wrestling where, the, like you see on TV, that the outcome is already determined. This is high school and college wrestling where one mistake, and what we call it counting the lights, you've got your back on the mat. They let their guard down for a split second and lost. Our scripture this morning says, be on your guard and stand firm in the faith. Be, create, be courageous and be strong. 
See, it's really hard to be on our guard for 24-7. And occasionally we let our guard down. If even for just a split second, we let our guard down. In those split seconds could be the difference in what people see that changes everything in their life. Have you ever ran into a stranger that just seemed to be the rudest person you've ever met in your life? Coming out of a store, walking into a store, just ran into somebody that just seemed like the rudest individual you've ever met. See, we don't know what's going on in their life for that split second. We just don't know. You know, we aren't always the best representatives of Christ. We could come up with an excuse, like I said last week, or hope God looks the other way. But who is watching when we let our guard down? See, when we see this random stranger who seemed to be the rudest person you met that day, did we really see him? Do we know what is going on in their life at that, at that split second, at that time? Who they just got off the phone with? How their day's been? Did they show up for work and the doors were chained shut? We don't know what is going on in their life. We just immediately judge them as rude or obnoxious. But we don't really know. They may have just let their guard down. I honestly don't want to know how many times when my head has been somewhere else, and it's there a lot, and people just assumed I was dislikable just because I had something else on my mind, something was going on. But in that split second, they didn't see Jesus in me. So be on your guard. There's a lot of people out there that are not getting the word from anyone. From anyone. Non-Christians don't go home and watch our live feed every Sunday. They aren't reading their Bible daily or spending a lot of time in prayer. They are certainly using God's name quite a bit, but not like we'd want them to. There aren't a whole lot of missionaries being sent to the wilderness of Trinity, North Carolina. We are the missionaries. We are the missionaries of Trinity. How do we expect people to come to Jesus if they aren't getting the message from anyone other than us? Now, I'm not saying we need to grab one of these, grab a podium and go stand in the drive-thru at Barbecue Joe's and preach or scream our message. But we shouldn't have to scream our message. We live our message. Last week I talked about how we shouldn't have to or don't need to wear a Jesus Loves Me t-shirt for people to see Jesus in us. But we have to keep our guard up. We don't know who is watching and when they're watching. I think I might have told you all this, but I used to listen to this radio show every morning in my office at work. But once the talk part of the uh, radio show was over, it just plays music the rest of the day. And I really didn't pay any attention to what it was playing, to be honest with you. I'm just, I'm work. And I had a guy come in my office that I had actually witnessed to several times while I was working with him. And as he came into my office to ask me a question about something, he noticed that the radio was playing a very, very questionable song, let's put it that way. And he, see, I didn't notice what the radio was playing, but he did. And then he questioned me about it. He said, how can you listen to that? 
And then I realized that the little things matter. They matter to the people that are seeing us and how we live our lives every day. See, as your pastor, I, I represent our Still Friends meeting. And I take that very seriously. And I try to keep my guard up because of that all the time. At school, most of the students there know that I'm a pastor. And I can't say that I'm one thing and then act like something else. I've got to keep my guard up. Now, I said try to keep my guard up. I know I'm going to fail, but I continue to ask God to, for strength and to help me keep my guard up. We aren't perfect, and our Father in Heaven realizes that. I mean, He made us. He knows. But He's also there when we fall. We've all seen pastors and those that represent God who've fallen from grace. You've seen it. I've seen it. You see non-believers point at these guys and they use them to back up their own unbelief. They try to use them as examples. These guys let their guard down and have caused others to fall away from God. That should be our worst fear ever. Is that we cause someone to not come to Christ because of something we did or something we said. The Apostle Paul who wrote 13 of the 27 books of the New Testament and if you believe he wrote Hebrews, he wrote 14 of the books in the New Testament. But in 2 Corinthians, Paul admitted that he had a thorn in his flesh. And we don't know what this thorn was, what was causing Paul to have an issue, but he asked God three different times to remove it. And God told him all three times, my grace is sufficient. This is the Apostle Paul who's got a thorn in his flesh. And he couldn't keep his guard up 24-7. But God said, my grace is sufficient. We aren't perfect and we're not going to be. But his grace is sufficient. We're going to fail, but if we continually at, continue to ask God for guidance, grace, and forgiveness, we won't fail at the wrong time and in front of the wrong people. His grace is sufficient. See, Paul had this thorn in his flesh to keep him from being too arrogant about the revelations that he was shown. This thorn wasn't a literal thorn. This was an issue Paul had that we can only guess what it was, but it kept him from exalting himself above others. Paul wasn't perfect, and we aren't going to be perfect either, but his grace is sufficient. We will, we all have and we will drop our guard from time to time. But see, the closer our walk with Christ, the easier it is to keep our guard up and for others to see Christ in us because his grace is sufficient. Let's have a time of open worship.
hearts and minds are these. Please stand as we sing our benediction. receive this benediction. Heavenly Father, as we go out this week, help us to remind us that we are the missionaries, that we are the hands and feet of Christ, that when people see us, they need to see Jesus in us. And Lord, we're going to fail, but we know your grace is sufficient. Just help us to walk close enough to you that we know this. And all these things we ask in your name.